Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome to XNO Quick Hits. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. Join, as always, to talk about the film from the Jets' latest game, in this case, a 27-23 come-from-behind victory on the road against the Buffalo Bills with Joe Blewett, the co-host of our great show, TOJ Film Room, which you can watch on our YouTube channel, Turn on the Jets TV. His co-host is 11-year NFL veteran, current head coach in the Arena League, and hero of the Monday Night Miracle for the New York Jets, where he started his professional career, Marcus Coleman. Joe Blewett is here to talk about it, and he will go way more in-depth on the YouTube channel this week, but I'm really looking forward to his cursory thoughts on this because it was a huge win for the Jets, but more importantly, a huge win for Sam Darnold. So, Joe, let's get right to it, man. What did you see from Sam Darnold in the offense? Uh, yeah, so starting with Sam Darnold, and it's exciting to watch film this week and actually wanting to watch the film uh, instead of going over losses or watching 40-year-old Josh McCown watching 21-year-old Sam Darnold is pretty exciting. And as we discussed before, um, you just see how the, the offense is different. Obviously, we still have problems with Bates, and I still want Bates gone. But with, you know, Josh McCann, I believe it was over the last four weeks, the Jets only scored three offensive touchdowns in total. Uh, Sam Donald comes back his first game in over a month in a hostile environment, in the cold, um, versus the top secondary in the NFL, and he leads, you know, touchdown drives in, in that first game back. So that was damn impressive from from him, and he was also the youngest quarterback uh, in NFL history, at least since 1999, to lead a um, you know a game-winning drive. So there's a lot of things that were impressive, and I know that people are a little bit upset. You know, the Jets don't have the number one pick, and yeah, I get it. I, I want the number one pick too. And in the long run, probably look back on this and be like, damn, maybe the Bills should have came back on that last drive. But, but <clears throat> with that, obviously, Jets getting wins means that our young quarterback is developing. At the end of the day, that's what I want more than any other pick, and he showed you a lot this game. Um, where out of his, what, 26, 27 passes, I would say there's only three or four that I really dinged him for. Uh, obviously, the interception was bad. The Jets, at that point, were the 34-yard line. It was third down, I believe. And um, if you just threw that ball out of bounds, you know, you'd have had Myers kicking a 51-yard field goal, which feels automatic at this point. So he needs to kind of hone on his or hone in his aggressiveness on that play where he just tried to you know point to an open open area of the field to uh, Chris Herndon. They're a little bit off um, on the chemistry there, and then Darnold just chucked it up. Like I said, he just needs to do throw the ball out of bounds. There's another play um, where some people dinged him for, but I didn't. There, it, it, it was a um, like a vertical stretch play, and Anunwa was open in the seam. But if you really watch the film. Uh, people wanted him to, to hit that seam, but if you go to the other angle, you see as Donald is going to look at that seam, the interior defensive line actually jumps up to deflect the ball, so Donald, you know, um, pulls the ball back down, so that's actually a good decision not to throw it, and then he looks to the right sideline where, uh, like it was running, a hitch, curl, comeback um, type route, I forget exactly what it was, and he throws the ball a little bit low to, to, to leg it, um, for which should have been, you know, a first down, but Leggett did, uh, he did drop it. So it was actually a good decision by Donald. 
And then the other one that people were talking about too was that uh, play where Darnold looks to the left side of the of the field, and you see um, he sees Kershaw on a comeback, and, and you know the the defender who's playing it is pretty tight on Kersh, and Darnold decides to fire it in anyway. And it would have been a ball that should have been completed to Kersh. It would have been a tough catch. I don't think it would have been an easy interception. But unfortunately, as Kersh was coming, you know, he was cutting back on that comeback. Um, on the top of the route, he did fall down, so it looked a lot worse than it than it was. It looked like, you know, Curse had no position on the defensive back, and the defensive back just jumped it. When it's really not the case, where Curse did have, you know, position to potentially, um, you know, beat him to the catch point and you know catch the ball. It would have been, like I said, difficult catch, but it wouldn't have been an easy interception like it looked like. Uh, but the problem with that play was instead of throwing that really difficult ball, uh, I believe it was like it was coming from the opposite side of the field on a shallow crossing route. Uh, he was wide open, so Donald should have just hit that. But other than, like I said, three, four plays of this game, uh, Donald was was pretty damn good. Like I said, versus the top secondary in the NFL, uh, we all saw the touchdown. You know, scrambling around, keeping his eyes down the field, throwing the ball while rolling to the left across his body in a really tight window to you know Robbie Anderson, where only he can get it. Uh, didn't panic, showed poise, good accuracy. Um, that that kind of backyard uh, football. Uh, mentality that we talked about before he got drafted and after he got drafted on that 45-hour podcast that we did. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, we all saw the, the, the other plays, too. There was actually a really nice play, too, to, to Chris Herndon, uh, where he threw a, a rocket, and there was interior defensive, uh, there's an interior defensive lineman right in his face, and he stepped into the throw. He didn't care about the hit, but so it's a, what we talked about with that poise and um, the ability to take shots, but keep his eyes down the field. He took a shot. Uh, through a beautiful ball to Herndon where uh, it was not only leading Herndon upfield, but it was leading him horizontally away from the defender, too, who was in pretty uh, close in his, in his trail. So really nice throw there. And the, the biggest throw of the game, or the second biggest, whatever, however you want to label it, was that nine route to, to Anderson where it's second and four. And I remember actually watching it, and the announcers were like, you know, the Jets are, I mean, the Bills are going to try to blitz Donald here and get him out of field goal range. And I was just thinking, okay, go for the first down. And I, I, I see him load up and chuck a ball 40 yards down the field, and I, I just kind of your heart drops. Um, and he threw the ball in literally the, the best possible location. That you, you couldn't you couldn't walk that ball into a better location than it was to Robbie Anderson, uh, where he beat Tredavious White on the sideline. Where Tredavious White had good positioning. He didn't play the ball as good as he could have, but even if he did play the ball well, I think Robbie Anderson comes down with that. Um, like I said, leading Robbie Anderson vertically and towards the sideline, so it's come as far as it can possibly be away from White. Uh, that sets the Jets up around the what seven, eight yard line or six yard line, um, and then from that point on, the the Jets uh, they they scored a touchdown. So it was good in a couple of ways from the offense. Obviously, Darnold seeing that was was awesome. It's definitely awesome to watch on film, like I said. And then you saw some development of of young guys, which is also good. Uh, Robbie Anderson came to play. He's been playing a little bit better these last couple of weeks, and hopefully him and Dalton develop this chemistry because regardless of what you think about Anderson and some of his off-the-field antics and you know how he acts in the field, um, he still is one of the best deep threats in the NFL, uh, even though he's had a slow year. Uh, that, that stuff just doesn't disappear. That speed does not just go away. So um, if they can work on their chemistry, that's great. You saw some development of obviously Chris Herndon, who looks like he could be a true number one right now. I'm not going to label him that yet, but he looks like he definitely could be, especially um, for how he's looking in his first year as a, as a mid-round draft pick. So that was a positive. 
uh, Elijah McGuire, another young guy, looking pretty good. So the Jets' offense, when they're winning and they're scoring these points for a Bill defense, like I said, is really good. Um, and they're winning with these young guys. It's much better than seeing guys like, you know, Andre Roberts or Isaiah Crowell play well or, you know, James Carpenter, because these are all guys we know they're not long, uh, term pieces, you know, moving into the future. So seeing them win with young guys is definitely, definitely a positive. And obviously Donald being the, you know, the biggest one of that. Joe, two questions I wanted to ask you as we finish up on the offense before we head to the defense. The first one is we talked before we started recording about the differences between Sam Darnold and Josh McCown, and I think a lot of people went into this season with the idea that if the Jets started Darnold, they were going to lose more games than they would with McCown. There were some things this past week that you saw that made you think that that would not be the case. In fact, it's something you've been saying all season, but it really kind of came home to pass this week. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. And also, what did you see from the offensive line, specifically Spencer Long? Is he making strides at guard? Um, so... So the first part of that, you just have to look at the offensive production. Obviously, Donald's much more talented. He has much more um, poise. He can move more. He's more accurate. Uh, he's definitely a better quarterback at this point in, in his career than Josh McCown, which you know might not be saying a lot, but you have to also look at it. That Sam Donald's 21 years old, not working with a lot of talent. He's showing a lot more than a guy who's been in the NFL for seven, 17 years. So I'm not saying, oh, well, he's, he's going to be at least better than McCown. People are going to be like, what the hell? So he's going to make a bad starter. That's not what I'm saying. But for him to be as young as he is and already um, proving much more um, than a guy like McCown, all you do is look at the stats. Or, and I'm not a big stats guy, or, or the wins, or the points. It's really as simple as that. We can break down the film all day and talk about the film. But look what McCown did versus the Bills. And look what Donald did versus the Bills. Look what McCown's been putting up in terms of touchdowns last, what, I think it was four weeks, like I said, three touchdowns. Donald comes in, like I said, on the road, hostile environment, 30 degrees, probably you know, freezing there in Buffalo versus a really good defense and puts up three touchdowns, goes seven for 10 in the fourth quarter, um, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter as well, so there was pressure on him. Um, and there's no way McCown would have done that. Would the Jets have won the games that, uh, against Denver? Uh, well, probably Denver, but versus the Colts at home with Josh McCown, probably not, um, because that was a shootout, and Donald played you know really well that game. And I don't care what the stats say; the stats were like ten for something, ten for twenty-one or whatever it was. But I actually said that was one of Donald's best games um, because um, you know the film just, it just that's what it said. Uh, so he's obviously just far exceeded what Josh McCown is at this point. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's an easy kind of answer. And then with the offensive line, um, piss poor in the run game yet again. The, the, the run game is, it's bad. Uh, even though I was impressed with Elijah McGuire, he averaged like two point something yards per, uh, carry. I still thought he moved pretty well, saw some, you know, the holes that were there. Um, they were not good in the run game. Like, and even Brandon Shell, man, I, a lot of people talk about Brandon Shell, like he's the next, you know, uh, five year starter at right tackle. And he's a decent pass blocker. I'll give him that. And I've given him that even last year. But he is, he's dreadful in the run game. Just absolutely dreadful. He creates absolutely no push. He gets tossed around as a play. Um, this, this game, I believe it was a Mike zone or a lead zone. And he literally, he, his problem with the, in the run game is instead of trying to get in your, your elbows tight, get, you know, under, um, the defender's pads, drive them. What Shell does is, okay, I'm going to put my head down and basically hug you. And trying to hug a 300-pound man and move him is not very easy when you're trying to control him by the shoulders by just grabbing it instead of getting your elbows loaded up and locked 
uh, close, you know, close into your body and kind of using yourself almost like a spring and, and being all in unison. Well, obviously, you know, if you're trying to push something really heavy, like you're trying to, let's say, like lift a, I don't know, like push a refrigerator, are you going to be able to push that refrigerator kind of like hugging it? Or are you going to be able to do it by, like, like I said, like loading up elbows tight, extending like from, from your waist um, and your chest, you know? So now he creates no push. He gets thrown around the one play. Like I said, he got literally tossed to the ground. It just looked really bad. Um, so the run game was bad, but the offensive line in terms of pass pro, uh, it was, it was decent. Um, Donald definitely helps with those numbers where people look at the numbers and, oh, they gave up this many sacks, which they gave up zero. Uh, but Donald running around like he does for sure helps them with, with those numbers. If he wasn't as mobile, um, they'd have some more sacks. But I think overall they did have a, a decent day in pass protection. And, yeah, long, long play left guard. Um, and he looked, he looked decent. Um, he's left somewhat better than he has a, at center. Uh, I think once you get him moving a little bit, once you get him moving on those, on those powers and, and counters and sweeps, um, he's able to use that aggression that he does have. But overall, uh, for the $7 million they signed up for, I still don't think he's necessarily worth it, especially at a position, um, where, where he knew he was not necessarily signed to play. Um, but now are, are the Jets going to be able to sign a better guard in free agency? Maybe not. There's really not a lot of offensive linemen in free agency. We've looked before and the best guy is like Matt Paradis and he's like 31 years old. So do the Jets maybe get rid of Carpenter and then either renegotiate with Long or keep him at his current salary, move him to left guard and then draft the center? Um, maybe. Or do they just go into the draft and draft the best center or guard they can and then Whichever one they draft, they move along to the other position. That's also a possibility. Um, but the offensive line, even though there are some games where they're decent in pass protection, uh, they still obviously have a ton of work to, to do with both protecting Donald, uh, creating a, a running game uh, for him because it helps. And our guy, uh, Michael Nania, put out the, the stat um, that Donald, is, he actually throws. So, yeah, this is one. So, Donald throws 11.2 of his pass attempts from third and 10 or longer, which is the highest rate in the league. And the reason for that is one, the lack of creativity from, from Bates, but it's, and it's also the run, run pass hold ordeal, which the Jets have been getting into. Um, but a big piece of that is the Jets can't get running yards. How many times on first down do the Jets run and it's either a one yard gain, um, a no, you know, no yards gained or a one or two yard loss. So you're putting your quarterback in extremely difficult positions having to throw. They said more than 10% of his passes from third and 10 or longer does not set him up in position to succeed. And we saw that Sanchez, there are people who did think that he was good in his first year. The reason that people thought he was good was, one, because you know the team was winning because the defense was so good. But the, the, the freaking offensive line was amazing, and the run game was number one in the NFL. So if, obviously I'm not expecting the number one um, rushing in the NFL next year for Donald, but if they can just be middle of the pack and, you know, create second and seven, second and sixes, you know, third and fours, third and threes, much more often, um, he's going to look even better. And it, it is important for play action, things like that, obviously. Uh, we can get into all of that. But um, long-winded answer, I kind of went off somewhere that I didn't know I was going to go. Um, but it looked okay, but it still needs to improve big time, I guess I can say to wrap that up. Let's move to the defense. We talked about Spencer Long, who's been a bit embattled on the offensive line. A guy who's been embattled on the defense is Tremaine Johnson. The last two weeks, he's had three takeaways, two in this past game against the Bills. Is this just a matter of him being right place, right time, or has his coverage improved the last couple of weeks? 
And then in addition to Tremaine Johnson, what were your impressions of the defense overall? And specifically, were there any performers that stood out positively or negatively? Um, so the defense, it was, it was a mixed bag. I'll start first with Tremaine Johnson. Uh, Tremaine Johnson's showing more of what he did, um, with the Rams the last couple of weeks than he did with the, you know, than he did as the first like five weeks, uh, as a New York Jet where he just looked terrible. Um, he's definitely played better. Obviously, some of that, uh, some of the interceptions, Josh Allen just kind of threw the ball up to him. The one interception he literally just threw the ball to him, almost like Sam Donald did on his interception. It looked almost identical. He, he was in the right place, right time. Uh, the game winning interception, it was just cover two. And he was playing a little bit deeper in his curl to flat zone because one, there was no, there was no number two threat and two, um, there's like a minute and a half left and the Bills had no timeout. So he probably, he knew that they were going to uh, try to take a little bit more of deep shots. So he played it well. Um, you know, he, he, I, I believe he used a shuffle technique, a uh, shuffle technique looking at the quarterback. Uh, Allen just threw a ball way too far inside and, and not leading his receiver, uh, receiver vertically enough. Uh, Tremaine Johnson obviously attacked the ball and got an interception, but, uh, the, I think the, the impressive, you know, really impressive interception was last week against the, the Titans, which we discussed. So I'll have to go over that again. Um, but he's definitely been playing better. He's not getting burned deep. Um, you see some of the fluidity in the hips. You see the aggressive, the aggressiveness coming up in the run game the last couple of weeks. Um, you see the smarts. I think that's really what made him his money was his smarts. He's not an, you know, uber athletic athlete like a Patrick Peterson or anything like that, but he's a really smart player and he's been showing that the last couple of weeks. So for a guy who the Jets are, you know, almost guaranteed to have on their team at least, you know, obviously the end of this year, then the next two years after that for him to be stepping up. Um, these last two weeks is definitely, it, it's important because of, you know, how bad he looks in the first couple of weeks. It looked like it was going to be just an absolutely terrible contract. And a lot of people, you know, listen, I'll, I'll get on that, um, you know, when, when, it, when it's deserved. But just to be fair and honest in your assessment. And people wanted Tremaine Johnson. Tremaine Johnson was the, you know, maybe one, two or three corner hitting the market. And we've talked about it. Any of these positions of, of, that are, that are really important on the team, you know, whether it be quarterback, cornerback, outside linebacker, left tackle, if you're average to above average, you're going to get the next biggest contract. And that's what happened to Tremaine Johnson. He was a guy who I've said it many times. I believe he's in like that 12 to 16 range. If I really had to sit down and mark down the quarterback or cornerback. So, uh, he's in the top half of the league in terms of number ones and the Jets had to overpay for him. And, you know, that's, that's a, that's a fine decision. Um, the Jets really needed cornerback help. He's 27, 28 to so your third. He's going to be, um, in his prime for the next couple of years and be able to play at a top level. So I'm not going to kill Max that contract, but at the same time, playing as bad as he did the first couple of weeks, uh, it was, it was worrisome that he's going to get a bunch of money. Um, and it's probably like crap the next three years, but seeing him step up how he has the last couple of weeks is definitely a, a positive uh, for now and for the future for the Jets and, and Jets fans uh, watching that guy, you know, hopefully locking down number ones on um, other teams or X's, whatever you want to call them. Um, and in terms of the rest of the defense, it, it was, like I said, a mixed bag. Um, there was a couple of things where I just, I was pretty disappointed in terms of the Jets giving up third and longs. Uh, how many times this game was it, you know, third and 13 or third and 12 or third and 10 and the Jets were giving it up. So they had definitely had some issues in, in coverage, uh, giving up third and longs, which you just, you just cannot do, um, consistently in the NFL. And, and when you always want to use your, you know, you have to get off the field. Um, and that's usually like, okay, third and three, make a big stop. If 35, make a big stop. But when you, when it's third and 10 or plus, you, you assume you're getting off the field because you can just play in your, you can just play, uh, deeper in your zones. 
um, and basically move those, you know, intermediate zones, you know, right to the, to the, um, you know, to the yard to gain. So instead of being, you know, five to seven yards back, you're going to move it back 10 to 13 yards. You just play safe. Um, but the Jets are still having a little bit of problems with playing safe. And you see linebackers who will get distracted by flat routes or by running backs. They'll cheat up in their zone and then there'll be an open dig behind them or a crossing route or whatever it may be. Um, where the Jets linebackers definitely have coverage, they have coverage issues in terms of they cover grass, which you don't want to do. It's a big thing in zone. You don't want to cover grass. Uh, you want to cover receivers, even though you're not necessarily, you know, matching a receiver. It's not like man coverage. Okay, well, you're mine the entire play. Um, you have to be knowledgeable of who's coming in and out of your zones. So if you're dropping back, you're just looking at the quarterback and you're just dropping into that, you know, 10 by 10 yardage. Um, of your of your zone, let's say, and I'm just completely guessing, you know, ten by ten, whatever. I'm not really trying to map out an exact zone. Um, there there could be completions behind you, in front of you, if you're just looking at that quarterback. But you really have to, like I said, look at the look at the play, um, look at the concept, and and understand who's coming in and out of your zones. Because if you're just looking at that quarterback covering grass, you know, air quotes, um, you're pretty ineffective. And the Jets linebackers have some issues with that, um, I believe. But then there are some other things that were pretty positive from this game. Um, Obviously, Tremaine Johnson we talked about that. Jamal Adams was more quiet this game. But that's okay because he's he's been playing at a pro ball level this year, so he's gonna have a quiet game or two. It's not like he got beat or anything like that. Um, so it is what it is. But um, I would say the outside linebackers, the, the young guys especially, were were pretty impressive this game. They got some pressure on Josh Allen, and obviously those guys being you know Frankie Louvu, um, Copeland, uh, Jeremiah Tachu got some pressure, but I would say Louvu. Um, and Copeland, where they got with a corpus of getting a, de- a, a, they got a decent amount of pressure on him, so that's that's good to see. Um, these are not guys you want, start, you know, starting outside linebacker for you, but maybe now these are guys who can play backup outside linebacker for you, um, you know, going into next year. So th- those guys are pretty impressive. I think Neville Hewitt, obviously, you know, replacing Lee. Now, I think people like he he was he was okay. Um, and I think people like felt that he played really really well because. You know, box score says he got whatever eight tackles, and he popped up a lot on the on, on the uh, on the broadcast angles when um, they were watching. And he made a couple of good tackles and things like that. Uh, he definitely had some issues in in uh, coverage. That's that's for sure. Some of those third and longs were on him um, that he gave up. But I think overall, for you know, a guy who's a special teamer to to come in and replace Lee and look you know decent, I'm going to give him a, a thumbs up for that one, even though he didn't look great. Uh, so I thought he played. You know, relatively well for what I what I expected. Uh, the defensive line panel played pretty well. Um, even a guy like Leonard Williams, he, he played actually pretty well. He got a, a good amount of pressure, and a lot of people are talking about that that first uh, touchdown where Josh Allen scrambled for a touchdown and and Leonard Williams. I've talked about it last week where I didn't want to necessarily say he wasn't trying, but he looked tired. But this is the first time we really saw him just not trying. Um, where Josh Allen's scrambling and, and Leonard Williams is looking at him just, just walk into the end, not walk, well, he didn't walk into the end zone, but, um, running into the end zone and, and Leonard Williams is the one walking, not even trying to, um, take an angle to cut him off, which he potentially might have been able to because Leonard Williams is a good athlete. So, um, even though he did get a lot of pressure, a lot of hits on Josh Allen, um, the fact that we saw the lack of effort was a little bit disappointing. Um, other than that, Henry Anderson, another blocked field goal. Uh, cheap shot on, on Hauschka, so you don't want to see that. I don't, I don't love that, but it is what it is. Um, but overall, he played pretty well. Um, but other than that, like I said, was the, the defense was disappointing where you had some good individual performances, like I said, from Leonard Williams, minus the lack of effort at times. Uh, Louvu, Copeland, 
you know, Tremaine Johnson, I would say situationally, third and third and long, they were they were pretty bad. Um, you know, I thought they should have put more spies on on Josh Allen, or even if not spies, they should have played less man because you know the thing with man is okay if you're turning your running with the um, receivers, you can't you, you can't have your eyes on the quarterback, um, and he was getting a lot of yards from that. So I'm not even saying put a spy on him, but I, I think playing a little bit more zoned and a little bit more effective so you can't run because he did run for what, nine rushes, 101 yards. That first drive uh, that the Bills scored, you know, coming out into the game, they scored their first time and then just went four and out. I was like, oh, this, this is going to be a really bad game. But um, he had near nearly 50 rushing yards, so that was, that was pretty bad. So um, situation, like I said, third and long, containing Josh Allen in the run. And I also think, um, and then there's also the time where the Jets scored after that big Sam Donald touchdown, always scrambling around, slides around B. Anderson. What did the Bills do? They drive down the field, almost get a touchdown, but they kick a field goal. So I think that was, that was pretty bad. You like to see the defense make a big stop there. And then also, how many times did the Jets pressure Josh Allen? How many times did it feel like the Jets got into the backfield and he would either run away from somebody, dodge him, stiff on him, and just throw the ball away? So I think the Jets missed a solid four or five stacks they should have had on Allen. Um, so they need to definitely improve on a couple of things, um, even though there was individual guys. But overall, they, they should be playing better um, than they did versus Josh Allen, who is, listen, the dude can run, but in terms of passing the ball, he's extremely erratic. So, um, yeah, like I said, there was, like I said, some, some good, some bad. It is, it is what it is. As I've joked, Josh Allen, best running back in the 2018 draft. Yeah, he, he might be. Uh, <laughs> the way you see him stiffing, you know, stiff arming outside linebackers and, and defensive linemen, the dude can for sure run. Uh, he is a true threat. Um, with his legs and the Jets just could, they could not contain him. Like I said, 100 yards to any, to any quarterback is never good. And, uh, I said on the show that, you know, previewing the game, I thought they'd have some issues with, with Allen and they, they clearly did missing sacks, 101 yards rushing. Um, it's something they have to fix because it's been a, it's been a theme this year minus Marcus Mariota. They contained him pretty well until, you know, that last drive of the Titans game winning drive, but they had problems with Allen. They had problems with Trubisky. They had problems with, um, Tannenhill, you know, both times they, they've played him. So the Jets need to work on, uh, playing running quarterbacks a, a little bit more. I know it's not necessarily an easy thing to do, but giving up huge chunks. It's not like the Jets are giving up, you know, a first down or two. When they're giving up yards, it's like, okay, 30 yard run, 40 yard run from, from a quarterback. And that's like, that's just the, it, it kind of like, almost like, it's like a gut punch at that, at that point. So, um, they definitely need to work on that. Last thing, Joe, because it's been a hot topic this week, so I just wanted to include it to end the show. There's been a lot of Jet fans that have been going around and really, really digging into Leonard Williams for, like you said, the lack of effort and for just massively underperforming. Our own Michael Nanio, our buddy, has charted it himself and said that he thinks people are really overstating the case and that while Williams hasn't been what you would expect from a number six pick this season, he's been nowhere near as bad as some of his detractors have said. I tend to agree with this. What do you think from studying the film? Yeah, well, people, are, you know, as good as I do, or as well as I do, that uh, people are, are a little bit dramatic. Um, people say, like, oh, well, you know, I'd rather just have, you know, Henry Anderson, who's better, or put in Nathan Shepard. Leonard Williams sucks. Like, I think it's kind of just coming along with that, the, the narrative that, uh, which could be true. Um, and I think it is true that he's underperforming for a sixth overall pick, but he's still a solid player, um, borderline throwball player. Um, but the problem with him is he, he just disappears too much, and there is a little bit of lack of effort at times. And we've seen it with, well, Wilkerson, 
um, you know, the lack of effort and missing meetings and things like that. I don't think Ryan Williams is that type of player. I think he's a good locker room guy. Um, even though I'm not there to necessarily say that, but just from what I've seen. Um, but my, my worry is, okay, well, we've already seen a player or two of him not trying. What's going to happen if the Jets give him $16 million a year? So it's a concern for me. Um, but the, for the people saying, oh, he's a terrible player, get him off the team, he makes no difference. Uh, that is just not true. He still is a good player. Um, definitely an above average interior defensive lineman. Uh, whether, you know, whether he plays three tech, you know, one tech, zero tech, five tech, they move them all around. Um, so he's versatile. He still is very solid. And I think, and it's very true. Um, he does get double teams. He still has to beat those double teams at times. Uh, not every play, but he needs to make more impact plays. That's for damn sure. And if there was an outside linebacker in this team to take attention away from him and he got more, um, you know, he got less attention. There's no, it's undoubtedly he'd get more sacks and, and he would make more plays that people would notice. Um, but unfortunately for him, the Jets don't have it. Listen, I've talked about Atachu and Luvu and Copeland, but any, any one of those names, or even Jordan Jenkins, do people know who that is? Like my Jets fans and really big football fans, do, do people in like, oh, like let's say Packers fans are about to play the Jets, like, oh man, you know, Frankie Luvu is really going to put a heart on Aaron Rodgers, you know, like it's, that's, uh, that's not what people are saying. So, um, Leonard Williams gets that attention, unfortunately, but they do need an outside linebacker to help him out. But to say that, you know, he makes no difference, I, I think that's, that's just, uh, I, I think it's pretty, um, uneducated opinion to be, to be completely honest, to watch your film and, and you notice this stuff. But, uh, he definitely, he, he's underperforming and he disappears more than he should. Um, but still a good overall player. Absolutely agree, Joe, and I'm glad you busted that myth as we finish up on this week's edition of XNO Quick Hits. Joe, if you want the full version, the two-plus-hour version with you and Marcus Coleman breaking this down in detail on video, where should people go? Yeah, this is going to be more fun. Um, like I said, if you want to break down some young guys, it's going to be Elijah McGuire and Frankie Louvu, who is played pretty well for an undrafted guy um, this year. We're talking about Tremaine Johnson. And obviously, being able to break down Donald film is it's just it's going to be so much more fun uh, this week. Being able to talk about him, so even if you were trying to come for the first you know hour or whatever, we'll be talking a lot of Donald. And you just go uh, podcast app T O J space film space room. We're going YouTube. You can type in um, YouTube.com and I think it's uh, slash Turn on the Jets TV or the really easy way instead of doing that, uh, you just go to the search bar, type in Turn on the Jets, and you'll see the last. You know, 20 things we posted on there is, is me and, and Marcus breaking down, uh, football. But yeah, you're, you're going to see a lot of this. Uh, we, we talked a very generalized, basic film on this show. And I'm not describing, obviously, I'd be, be love doing and talking film. But once I can really get into the nitty gritty of concepts and coverages and what guys are supposed to do and techniques and all that stuff, when I can show you on the film, uh, you get a real kind of perspective of what's happening with the Jets and what's not happening with the Jets. Like one of the things I've, Talked about a lot is how bad Morris Claiborne has been, and he's been really bad. But if you look at pro football folks, you look at the stats, he looks like he's been good, but that's not the case. Now, if we talk about a lot of things like that, um, Darnold, you're going to hear, okay, we should have thrown that team out to Quincy Nunwa. But when I show you on the film that there was an interior defensive lineman jumping up as soon as he loaded up to throw that ball, and then he, you know, uh, Darnold, uh, instead of throwing it, the ball batted down, he, he pulled the ball back down and then threw the, the, uh, the comeback route to like it. So we're going to show you all those things instead of listening to the um, really basic things that people see on the broadcast angle and just the things that are tossed around out there. Um, we're really going to kind of show you um, like factually what, what happened instead of, you know, kind of uninformed opinions at times. So 
Uh, looking forward to doing this week. Like I said, talking about Donald is going to be uh, really fun, and it's going to be out uh, tomorrow around 3, 4, 5 o'clock, so uh, definitely make sure to check it out. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. As always, looking forward to talking to you about the film from Saturday's game between the Jets and Texans at MetLife Stadium. But until then, make sure that you check out TOJ Film Room over at Turn on the Jets TV on YouTube. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.